scripture, scripture reading. Oh. It started with the word of God. Praise God. <laughs> this morning scripture reading comes from John, uh, John chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Praise God. Thank you, brother. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we see here that there's a focus on the word truth there, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today, on truth. What is truth? Um, to, you know, it seems like it's a very simple question, but to the unbeliever or the non-believer, the answer is not so simple. We can offer definitions like according to the dictionary that truth is that which conforms to reality, fact, or actuality. Sounds nice, right? Truth is that which conforms to reality, fact, or actuality. But this basic definition is not complete because the definition is open to interpretation all of the time. You know, we hear so many discussions about, about what is truth and it's such a wide array of applications. So what is reality? You know, what is indeed fact? We know that the philosophers sat around and pondered that for, 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 for centuries, you know, thousands of years. What is truth? The only reality for us believers is God's reality. And how do we know what this reality is? Well, let's go to the Bible because we want to look at truth. Um, again, truth as defined by the individual, by the non-believer, will be very, very varied. I mean, you can ask five people about what the answer is to something, what is the truth, and you'll get five different answers. For us Christians, it's really very, very simple. Truth is Jesus Christ, and truth is the Word of God. So the Word of God talks a lot about the truth, so we want to bring it bring it down from the philosophical realm you know we want to sit down here today and debate what is truth what is the meaning of life and all those kind of things okay what is truth as far as god is concerned now brother brandon just read it said that the law came through moses but truth came through jesus christ so that gives us some insights right there so let's start in the in, in the book of exodus okay in the book of exodus here before we get into the Old New Testament, which we, we will be getting to. I want to start in the book of Exodus, because it's always good to go back in time to see the foundations of some of the things that we've, that we've been taught. Go to the book of Exodus, chapter uh, 18. Okay, chapter 18. And this is where Israel was, uh, was in the desert and so forth, and Moses was leading the people. Chapter 18, and we're going to start with verse 7. And we see that Jethro, uh, Moses' father-in-law, came to visit him. And let's see what Jethro had to say and see what Moses was doing at the time. Verse number 7. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare, and they came into the tent. In other words, they had small talk, how you doing, and so on. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. 
And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the thing wherein they dwelt proud, they dealt proudly, he was above them. So see, he said, God is greater than all gods, and God dealt, he was above them all. 12 says, And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God, and Aaron came, and all the elders of Israel, to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. Please no line, and the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he, that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When, when they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. So just pause in there for a moment, just so we can clearly understand what's happening there. You have all of these people, millions of people, and Moses is there whenever there's an issue, you know, a dispute over, over food, you know, or whatever it might be, whatever that issue may be, Moses is kind of like the supreme judge, okay? And they come to him, they bring their problems, you know. He, he took my yard of goods over here, or he took my this, he took my that. They bring all these disputes, and he is the only one that's sitting there in court, so to speak, ministering to all of these people, okay? And it says there, from morning until the evening. So then uh, 14 says, And when Moses' father-in-law saw that all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning until evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God, when they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one another, and so on. I'm sorry, I went there. Verse number 17, And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. 18. Thou wilt surely wear away, both thou and this people that are with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. Listen to me, he's saying. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. Okay, so that's important. It says, now he said, be thou for the people to God, but so the things, the advice that you're giving them, make sure that it's based on God and that you're pointing them towards God. All right, and then it says in verse 20, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and law, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all of the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth. Hating covetousness, now please underline here, uh, provide out of all the people able men such as, underline, fear God and men of truth. Fear God, men of truth. Fear God, men of truth. Hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. All right? So now what he's saying here, this is the beginning of the modern day organization chart as we know it today. Moses is at the top, and then he's saying, set up under them uh, a group of people that says that the rulers of thousands, so the first row would have thousands, then under them, rulers of hundreds and fifties and down to tens. All right? But the criteria here, 
the kind of persons, the people that he wants to do this, to be in these leadership positions, have to have these attributes, all right? They have to fear God, and they have to be men of truth. Now, it's interesting, out of all the things Jethro could have said here, now being led by Holy Spirit, that they need to be strapping, you know, six foot five men, they need to be strong, because when those people disagree, they may need to bop them in the head, you know, they need to be fast, they need to be this, they need to be that, but they said they need to fear God and to be men of truth, okay? When we search the nation today and look at our leadership, how many of them fear God, all right? All right, and, and, and have and, and are indeed men and women of truth. Okay? So here we see where truth now all of a sudden here is playing into the picture. He then goes on to say in verse number 22, And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter that they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge, so shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou... If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall, shall go uh, to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of ten. And they judged the people at all seasons. The hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into the land. And so what he's saying there is that all of those matters that weren't super, super critical and weren't too hard for these underlings, if you will, to match, to judge, and to to um, reason out those bigger things went to Moses but the key here then is that Moses was given significant amount of responsibility to those people that were under him and those people that were under him then they had to be driven by the fear of God and also they had to be men of truth all right which is what we see so missing from today's society we don't see people that really fear God. They, they puff themselves up and pump themselves up to be all that matters. I am, I am all that, that counts. Uh, they don't fear God at all. And as far as truth is concerned, you're kidding me, that's gone out the window. It depends on, on to whom the, they, they're speaking. You know, whatever the audience is at the time, that happens to be the truth because that's who they, they will kind of cater to. So where does that leave us today? How, then, is truth so important to us? And what is this truth that is being discussed here as compared to what the what, what Miriam Webster says about, you know, the truth is that which conforms to reality, fact, or actuality. You see? You see? And, and that can be disputable by those people that are non-believers. Why do I say that? Because people can bend the truth, you know? You know, the truth right now is that you know where you live. All right? You go to your house, you put the key in the door, you turn the lock, and you've got paperwork that says this is where you live. However, according to the non-believer or the unbeliever, if someone desired your residence bad enough, they will go out of their way to find those papers or those documents or manufacture those documents to make your truth an untruth. Okay? So then based on whatever they could prove, you know, by documentation or, or, or glibness of tongue and being good of speech and, and, and just plain out lying, the truth, the real truth, becomes a non-truth, and their reality becomes the truth, you see? And we see this playing out every day in the court system and so on, all right? Because it matters not whether or not the person is guilty or innocent. It's really, it boils down to who can present the better case in court. And we know for a fact that there are many times that the innocent wind up being accused of being guilty and so on, and it is not the truth. So we see then that man's perception of truth is not the same as God's perception of truth. 
But we Christians have to be driven by God's perception of truth. All right? All right? And, and, and we know that I know that I know that I know that as surely as my name is Michael Cobb, and that is the truth, okay, that nothing on this planet Earth can change that. All right? Man can come in and shift and falsify documents or whatever to say my name is Fred. <laughs> okay? All right? Okay? All right? But the truth is the truth, you see? So we Christians have to make sure that we are living our lives by truth. And when I speak of this truth, I am speaking of truth with a capital T. Okay? Okay? With a capital T. And we'll see why in a moment. Let's go to Second uh, Timothy 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay? Now, we have that fact established about how Jethro told Moses to have men of truth um, governing over the people and making decisions, judging over the people. And so now we see here in New Testament, in in 2 Timothy, go to chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1. And this is where here the apostasy, as it's called, or the falling away of the church, or the things of God starting to to drift away, to fall away. We see here in this book um, how it was predicted. Okay, and we see some of these things coming to pass now. This know also, uh, let me see how far I want to go here. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. And to just fault cause their pause there for a moment he's talking about you know a lot of people try to use the script the scripture here disobedient to parents to put to put uh, children and young folks under their power and control and what this is talking about is godly parents okay it's saying do not be disobedient to godly parents if we have anyone that is trying to send us in a direction that would be counter to God or taking us away to God we are not to follow that direction I don't care whether it's your mother your father your brother your cousin your uncle I don't care who it is alright so this is talking about people who are in the faith okay where and if you notice, it goes along with those people that are proud, boastful, blasphemous, disobedient, unthankful. All right, it, that uh, disobedience to parent, parents follows right in that group, that category of all of these other types. You know, you know, lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous. Okay, verse number three says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Are we not seeing that today? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of it. Please underline that. Okay, having a form of godliness but denying the power of it. That's where you have people that, you know, will talk about God all the time and talk about their knowledge about the Bible, but yet still when it comes down to actually um, um, believing and supporting the, um, the the miracles that we see, you know, even I mean, you talk about the laying on of hands, the speaking in tongues, and everything like that. They have a form of godliness, but they deny they deny it many times spiritual gifts. You know, they say it's not for today or it doesn't exist today. That was in the Old Testament. Yet that no longer applies. Well, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is not going to put certain powers and gifts and motions and then say, okay, we are now in A.D. one. We're no longer in B.C. We're in A.D. one. God looks at his calendar and says, all that other stuff I wipe away, boom, it's gone. All right? No, it doesn't work that way, you see. So this is having that form of godliness but denying the power of it. From such, turn away. So that means from people like that or being involved with things like that, that, that turn, turn away. You know, I, 
I also wrestle with, we see so many of these movements coming about where you'll have these healing ministries or these prayer ministries where they're claiming that they can pay a, you pay a fee, you go there and you sit under their teaching, and they will teach you to be a healer. Okay? They will teach you how to heal. Okay? Um, they say that, you know, you go on and you join my classes, and then you'd be here, you know, twice a week and on Monday nights or whatever, and you read through these brochures and you do this, and here's the process you follow, and therefore we will teach you how to be a healer. Okay? Well, that, that's no is that written in the Bible. Nowhere is that written in the Bible. Okay? And, and, and I categorize them as having a form of godliness. And if you notice, it's with a G, a small G in your Bible. Having a form of godliness but denying the power of it. You know, these people are denying the power of God. And to me, it's very, very dangerous. That's what I get from that. It's very, very dangerous, you know. Here they are walking around and they're talking on behalf of God, supposedly. But they're doing things that are not in line with God's word or is written nowhere in Scripture. So to me, that's ignoring the power of it because for me to start doing that, man, you know, I would fear the power of God so much, his wrath coming down on me because you're becoming a false prophet or false teacher or whatever it is you want to call it because you're not teaching in line with God's word. You know, there's nothing at all in God's word that says that man can teach you how to get the gifts of God. No way. No way. Spiritual gifts, healing, tongues, I mean, you name it, all of them are given to us by the Holy Spirit. You know, and he gives those things as he wills. Okay? As he wills. Okay? Now, you know, you know, if you desire the gift of healing, that does not mean that in a prayer service you cannot ask your pastor to help you to pray for that. Yes, indeed, you can do that. But that pastor is not bestowing upon you any gifts at all. This is Holy Spirit. Okay? So when you see these people, you know, having this form of so-called godliness, you know, but denying the truth of it, they are denying the truth because the truth is that what they claim to do, they can't do. They cannot do, you see. So this is, this is some truth that we're talking about. This is real truth, you know. It is not what man is preaching out there, what saying he can do. It's what man is saying based on the word of God and the word of God only, all right. And so way back here now, he was predicting that these things would come. Verse 5 again, having a form of God, godliness but denying the power of it, from such turn away. Don't be involved. For of this sort are they who creep into houses. And this is so true. For of this sort are they who creep into houses and lead captive silly silly women laden with sins, led away with various lusts. Okay? So these kind of people creep into houses. You know, and, and, and I, I, I see this where I'm not saying I've seen them creeping into someone's back window at night, but they're creeping into their heads because I will see people that come back from those kinds of things and they'll say, oh, Pastor Mike, did you see? Did you hear? I went to this thing, boy, oh, boy, and they said this and they prayed over me and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm going to be able to heal. I'm going to be able to that. You know, this is creeping into your house because you let this person sneak in, sneak into your mind, sneak into your heart and sneak in there and fill you with all of this sort of things, creeping houses and led captive silly women. And, I, and they shouldn't just say silly women here, not that I want to change the word of God, but the silly men, men and women, okay, because they fall into this, you know, and they carry with various laws. Verse number seven, forever learning, ever learning, 
and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Please underline all of that if you don't already have it on the line. Forever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? Now, you, you, you know, and, and I mean in, in terms of intellectual things, you know, you, you see, you know, space travel, science, science and everything, computers, I mean, the iPads, you know, I mean, all of that stuff has grown so much. It's amazing what you can have done. Um, uh, uh, they're forever learning. They wind up going to these kinds of false places where they're learning these sorts of things, but they're never coming to the knowledge of the truth, you see? Because if they understood truth, they would recognize the falsehood that that person is saying to them, you see? And if you understand truth, you will understand that when anyone is saying something to you that is counter to the word of God, all right? If anyone came to you and said, now, you know, just think about what your home address is, you know, and say that you live in the Empire State Building in New York, all right, and I mean, obviously you dismiss that pretty quickly because that is not the truth. All right, but how do you recognize that truth? You recognize that it's a non-truth because you know what the truth is. You know where you live. Well, we have to get to the same place relative to the Word of God. That when you hear something that is telling you something other than that, than what the Word of God says, than what the truth is, that you recognize it. All right, you know, and just as easily as someone would put a piece of mail in your mailbox, as the post office often does, okay, with the wrong address on it, you know that this is not for you. You don't have to sit down and think about it. You don't have to go check your deed or your birth certificate or anything. You look at it and you say, this is not for me. It's not my address. Well, that's where you need to get relative to the things of God. You've got to have truth down in you so much and so well situated that you recognize falsehoods when it comes your way. Forever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse number 8. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. All right? So now what they're saying here is that you have people here who, because they, they are corrupt and they resist the truth, that it, it, they won't go any further because their folly shall be made manifest unto all men. Now, this is where you've heard that expression about whatever's done in darkness will come to light. And if you look at, at various events that's happening in current events, things that are going on today, look at the folly by which certain people strove to, to, to fool the people. Okay, and look how it's coming about. Look how it's coming to light. You see, these people do not realize that there is a God. There is an all-powerful God that is very much alive and well and monitoring what is going on in this nation. Okay? And God is in control. You see? And all of these falsehoods, all of these things that are done in darkness behind closed doors and only with a select number of people, God's going to reveal it. Because what does God say in verse number 9? For they shall proceed no further for their folly. And that's just what it is. It's folly. Their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Verse number 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Please the line, out of them all the Lord delivered me. So we see right here, a powerful truth. It says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, man of life, purpose, faith, etc. And you also know about the hardships, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. You see, so, if you know the truth, if you know the truth, one of those truths are with a capital T is that God will deliver you. 
I don't care what you are going through that seems so troublesome right now. Right now it seems like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't know which end is up. God will deliver you. That is a truth. Okay? I don't care what someone else says to you. I don't care what the circumstances of the day reveals. I don't care how the week is going. I don't care what that phone call said, that text message, that email, what that said. God will deliver you. That is a truth with a capital T. He then continues and says in verse number 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ. Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You see, now understand that. Evil men and seducers shall become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Please put a bracket around 14. Um, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Put, put a bracket on 14 and 15. All right. From a child you, has no, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise. Okay. So what is it that makes us wise? It's the Holy Scriptures. You know, you know, do we read procedures and policies and instructions and manuals? Yes we do. But wisdom can only come from God. All right. There are no books that you can read authored by man that can truly make you wise. You may be able to grasp a particular subject matter. You may be able to improve your math scores, learn how to do algebra or something like that. But when it comes down to godly wisdom, that can only come from God. All right, through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Please underline that boldly. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So everything that we're reading here, it's a scripture, is given by inspiration of God. The very letter that Paul here is writing to Timothy was inspired by God. Every time you pick up the Bible, this is the word of God. Okay, Holy Spirit here is inspiring man to write these things. And it's says that it's profitable for doctrine, meaning that it's good for doctrine. It's good for reproof. Reproof is, is proving, is proving and, and ending arguments real quick. You can shut down an argument real quick if you know the Word of God and know where to find it. Let Holy Spirit guide you there. For correction. If we're doing something wrong, if we're going down the wrong path, the Word of God can correct us and tell us how to, uh, to correct ourselves. Instruction and rightness that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. A little more into chapter 4 verse 1. I charge thee therefore, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be diligent in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, Exhort, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That means you do these things w- with patience. But to be diligent about doing that, you know. And preaching the word of God doesn't mean that everyone here in this room has to jump up and start preaching, you know, run behind the pulpit and start preaching. <laughs> you know, it means that as Holy Spirit so puts you in a position where you need to minister to someone, where you need to give the word of God to that person. Don't be hesitant to do so. You know, as long as you know for sure this is Holy Spirit guiding you. You know, one of the things I always caution Christians about is just because. Because, you know, you're in the moment and you're hearing this person and you feel like you have the answers. You know, take some time and say, Holy Spirit, do you want me to say this? Do you want me to say that? Because many times we speak out of our own desire to speak, you know. And many times if you do that, it can be disastrous. We wind up driving the person further away from the Lord than bringing them to him. Okay? But, but, but just remember that. Preach the word. Be diligent in season and out of season. Verse number three. For the time will come. 
when they, they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Underline that. And they shall turn away, away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. You see? Oh boy, how much do we hear today that are fables? You know? You know? How much do we hear? You know, we hear people all the time spouting things off. Oh, well, the Bible says, you know, and this and that and this and that, you know. And it's based on something that they heard somebody else say, you know. And the interesting thing about it is that if you have a group of people, a little mini society almost of people, you have a group of friends, a group of family members, you know, or people that are going to a church that's speaking the wrong word, all of a sudden they all start saying the same fable the same way. Okay, because they've gotten to the point that they've heard it so much, they figure, well, if all of these people are saying it, it must be right. You see, and so they start repeating the same truth. You know, and you can you can you can spot it because if you start speaking to two or three people and you're hearing the same thing, you can start tracing it back. You know, well, that's the same thing that so and so said. I bet she goes to. I bet he goes to. I bet they hang around. I bet they hang, okay because they all start saying the same thing over and over to the point of where they start believing it. We see that also playing out in 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 the secular world today, where many people today forget that thanks to the to the art of videotape or the science of videotape, you know, how quickly they forget what they said on videotape. And then they will go around saying, well, I said this and I said that, I said this, knowing full well you can look at the video. But yet still the interesting thing is that there will be others that are saying the same thing, you see, you see, because they actually start believing the lie themselves, you see. And this is so much so in the, in the body of Christ, unfortunately. Unfortunately, you know, and that's why my prayer is, is that the people of the Lord in the body of Christ, there'll be a revival and people will come back to the word of God, you know, not listening to other men and to other people. You, you know, you can be in Christian circles, but if you hear something that is not based on the word of God, please don't go swallow hook, line and sinker, you know, just because that person in that group, you know, is 95 years old and they're so anointed and they do this and they do that and they're speaking an untruth to you. You know, this is the thing where, you know, it's talking about itchy ears and following silly fables, you see, because they've gotten away from the truth with a capital T. You see, and, and, and it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do, because things that are non-true will sound so attractive at many times. Sound so attractive, you know. Oh boy, you know, you want to get out of that bad situation, but you know what you can do? Boy, if you read this thing and stand on your left foot and turn around three times and just drink this water after it's been heated to, you know, 85 degrees and spin around, you can do space travel and you'll get right out of this, out of your problem. You can blast right off this planet and you'll be out of your problem. Now, it sounds far-fetched and everything. How many things have you heard where the word of God was perverted and twisted in such a ridiculous way and people are believing it? People are believing it. Okay. Oh, no one would no one would believe that they can by drinking warm water and spinning around three times they can get rid of their problem. You want to bet? You want to bet? Then why is it that they go to one of those places and say that if you pull out your visa and you give them ninety nine dollars, I can make a healer out of you, or I can do this out of you? It's just as far fetched. It's just as extreme, and people will believe that. You see, because they've gotten away from the truth. You see, that it's okay for you to do this. It's okay for you to do that. Oh, it's okay for you to try it the one time. It's okay for that. The Word of God says no, no, no. You see? But because of the fact that Johnny and Jimmy and Michelle and so forth and Mary, they all do it. And they've been going to that place and they're okay. So it must be okay if it's okay for them. It's okay for me. Well, they've been deluded from the truth. 
and then deluded from the truth. You see, you see. And if you stay the course long enough, you will see where that untruth, that non-truth, it'll be revealed. It'll be revealed. Nothing is done in darkness that is not revealed by the light. You see, and that's what we just read here. We just read that. Okay. So, so that, so that there's truth. Uh, verse uh, uh, chapter four again. Um, Verse number four, just to pick up again. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things. This is the line, watch. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Yeah, we have times when things are difficult. But endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered for the time of my departure in his hand. Um, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Okay, so he, he knew that his time was coming, um, you know, and so on like that. And, but he's just telling them to keep the faith and so on. So here we see again where the, the, the falling away from the truth was indeed prophesied. Now, let's go to, um, let's go to John 1. John 1, and we're just going to reread quickly what uh, Brother Brandon just read here. John 1, 15. John chapter 1, verse number 15. Okay. John 1, 15. so amazing how the truth can become so flexible when the truth is not based on the word of God you see the word of truth based on the word of God is constant it doesn't change depending on who's talking to you or what day of what day of the year or week it is or anything else uh, 15 John 1 verse 15 John bore witness of him and cried saying this was was he of whom I spoke he that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Okay? So grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now we see truth here being related to, uh, to Jesus Christ. Now you move ahead, stay in the book of John, and move forward to uh, John 14. John 14. And... I want to start with verse number one. Let not your heart be troubled. I gotta wait for everybody to get there. John fourteen, verse number one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. There's a truth, okay? He's telling you that there are many mansions. Now, do we need to understand what that is exactly? I mean, are you saying, was your mansion, how many rooms? How many bathrooms? You know, I mean, you, know, you, you think about the mansion you see on the HDTV or something like that. You're trying to figure out what kind of houses. You don't worry about it. God says, Jesus says that there, your father has many mansions, and he's going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, in the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. To align the word truth there again. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man comes unto the Father but by me. So Jesus is saying here now that he is the truth. So, and also he says that he's the way. So we know that, that if you're following Jesus, you know, like you hear me say, that means that you can't get lost if you're following him. Okay? And it says there that he's the truth. So that means that if Jesus is the truth, that means you can't be deceived. You know, I mean, it almost goes down to the point, like, you know, again, you're talking about where you live. You know, well, you know, you know where you live. Well, I am who I am in Christ Jesus because I'm following Jesus, and Jesus is indeed the truth. Um, and, he's, and he's the life, which means then that we can't die. So Jesus now there is referring to himself as, as the truth. So that means then if I am in Jesus and Jesus is truth, then that means that I should be surrounded by truth myself. That I should also have um, have uh, access to the truth at all times. All right, and being that I know what the truth is, then that means that my life is driven by truth, and my decisions are driven by truth. The things that I accept is driven by truth. The things that I reject is driven by truth. Um, um, I, I, I will not let my present life condition meaning those afflictions or, or turmoils or any kind of tribulations that's going on in my life, I will not let that become, um, this is my downfall, I'm going to continue suffering, you're going to fail, you're not going to make it, you're going to lose your house, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose this, you're going to lose that, you're not going to make it, you know, you won't have enough money to do that, you won't be able to take care of the kids. That is not the truth. That's a lie. Okay? And where is the lie coming from? Amen. Who is the father of lies? Okay. So what do I do then? I do not accept that as the truth. I'm going to lose my job, lose my house and all of that. I'm not going to accept that because that is not the truth. I'm in Jesus. He is the truth. So that means then that I have to be driven by what is indeed true. And what is true about me is that I'm a child of God. Right? right? My, my, my God, my father, God owns the, the cattle of a thousand hills. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You know, I go through all the promises of God knowing that I'm not going to go with the lie. I am not going to lose my job. I'm not going to be able to, to, to feed my kids. You, you know, I, I will be able to prosper, whatever it might be, you know. And even if it did take you to the place where you did not have that job, that does not mean that you're going to be without support or a source of income. Right? That God will supply all of your needs. That is the truth. So that means whether you're working for Harry or whether you're working for Mary, God will supply all of your needs. That is the truth, you see. So this is truth with a capital T. And that's what we have to understand. The non-believer's truth, as we read Merriam-Webster's in the, in the um, thing says, is based on variables. It's, it's based on conditions. Truth can be debated for the non-believer. For a believer, truth cannot be debated. Simple as that. God said that he shall supply all my needs, so that is the truth that's in my life. And nothing, absolutely nothing, is going to shake me from that. Okay? As surely as I know, I have the key to my front door, and this is my address. Whatever that address is, that's my address. All right? That's a truth. You know, that I don't hesitate every time I put the key in the lock and say, well, I wonder if the door's going to open. You know? When I walk into my house, I don't think maybe someone's going to be in here that's going to tell me to get out. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. Okay? The truth is this is my home. Amen? And that means that everything where I left it is in that particular place. So the truth is that God will supply all of your needs. That means that everything that you need is where God wants it to be and is where, where God will indeed show you when that time is right. Amen? So that is the truth. Okay? Now, unlike unbelievers, it, it, it can change. It can change. So we see here... Um, 
ending in any uh, in verse 6 again I am the way the truth and the life no man comes unto the father but by me okay now in closing here let's go through these scriptures in, in Deuteronomy because there's a whole lot of truths in here a whole lot of truths that it would pay us to remember go back here to the Old Testament Deuteronomy chapter 7 Deuteronomy chapter 7 Deuteronomy chapter 7 and this just so it just so resonated with me when boy, you know, looking at what's going on around us today and where we are and things like that chapter 7 verse number 1 when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land where thou goest to possess it and has cast out many nations before thee the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. Please don't lie, greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Okay? So these nations, if you will, we can equate to the many challenges and things that are going on in our lives. And he says there in, towards the end of verse number 7, um, nations, nations, seven nations greater, greater and mightier than you. Many of us have come to places where we have conquered and we have overcome situations that were greater than us. You know? And you can think about that any time you've had a situation come up in your life that just seemed impossible to overcome. You know, you got some bad news about something or a letter or a text or whatever, a phone call, you know, and you're like shaking your head. Oh, boy, oh, boy, this is bigger than I. It's bigger than I. All right. But God has overcome all of those Jebusites and Perizzites in your life. Those things that were greater than you, God delivered you. And it says in verse number two, and when the Lord thou shalt deliver before thee, thou shalt smite them, only destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Verse number three, neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. So this is talking about being unequally yoked. Okay? This is where we, as Christians, need to be so careful, you know, about, you know, if we are a soul, and I'm not saying that God is saying for us to lock ourselves away in our houses and never interact or interface with people that are non-believers, not at all. God wants us, wants us to minister to unbelievers as he so guides. Jesus Christ didn't associate with a whole bunch of godly people. I mean, Jesus, Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector, and all of them came from various lives, and, and so and Jesus, you know, Mary was the, the prostitute, so Jesus did indeed get involved with sinners but when they followed him they converted but what this is saying here though is that getting into long term relationships with people that are not believers you see and this is where the expression do not God says elsewhere in the word do not be unequally yoked and the, the fear is or the threat is I should say is that um, that they will serve other gods so, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you they will turn away and stop following God and serve other gods and I've seen that so many times and again it goes back to what I was saying before when you start associating with, affiliating with people that are not of God you know, or even those that are of God but are off and everything like that, you need to be careful because then you start doing exactly as they start doing, you know, you know oh it's okay, you know, so and so has this little thing there and it sits on his window and he does this to it and lights candles and everything, it's okay, I can probably do that too, you know, you see, see and, and, and the devil being the way he is, watching for any single weakness like that, you know, who knows that the devil can make things happen in your life 
good things, quote unquote, happen in your life, all right? With a price to pay always, afterwards, at some point in time, you know? But you start doing that little thing in the window and lighting candles like the other person is doing, all of a sudden something great happens in your life and you don't attribute it to God, you attribute it to that little statue you lit the candle to, you see? And that's how you get pulled away. You see, that's how you get pulled away. This is the truth. You know, God is so beautiful and awesome. He tells us things to look out for even today. All right? Verse number five. But thus shall, but thus shall you deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their idols and burn their carved images with fire. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people who are upon the face of the earth. Please put a bracket around number six where it says, But thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord God has chosen thee. Underline, the Lord thy God has chosen you to be a special people above all people who are upon the earth. So that means that that we are special. We are not to let ourselves get caught up in the things of the day, the things that we see on TV, the things that we hear other people talking about, you know. We're not to get caught up. You are a special person. You are chosen by God. Number seven, the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all of them. Now, please align that too. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number. You know, so what that really says there is that we are a minority. We are a minority. And we, we almost kind of, it appears anyway, that it seems to be growing because there are more people that are, that are against us. You know, look how they're coming against Christianity now on all fronts. You know, they don't want the pledge um, uh, said in school. You know, they want to take God out of this, God out of that. You see, and see so in essence, we are a minority. But it says here, though, that the, the, the Lord did not set, set upon you or choose you because you were more. He chose us because indeed we were fewer. Verse number 8, but because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, has the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So we've been set free. You know, we've all had bondages in our life. Before we knew the Lord, we were in bondage. We've been set free, you know. And I don't, don't know about you, but, but boy, you know, when you when you got an issue that comes into your life, you know, yeah, after you get over the initial hiccup, of what that may be, the freedom that I feel every single time that happens, you know, and I get beset by issues just like you do, by challenges and things. Every time that happens, the freedom that I have is when I can breathe and say, wow, guess what? This is not my fight. This is not my fight. This is not my battle. I don't have the mental agility. I don't have the desire to try and figure this one out, God, (laughs) you know. This person hit me out of left field, came out of nowhere, and now they're saying this and they're doing that. All of a sudden, I'm in, I'm in this condition. I can't battle this. Lord, I give it to you, okay? And that's the recurring freedom that I feel, knowing that I've been set free from bondage, all right? The bondage that I was in many years ago was that when something like that happened, I had to figure out how to do it, Okay? Sleepless nights, you know, uh, uh, high blood pressure, palpitations in the chest, upset stomach. I mean, the whole thing that goes along, along with stress. That was in bondage. Okay, that was living in prison. I might as well have had physical iron chains and shackles on my feet, you know, because I was in bondage. I was in bondage to believing that I had to figure this out. Okay, that's being in jail. That's being in prison, all right? 
the freedom that I have now is that when those tribulations come into my life, I, I've been set free from that bondage. God showed me that I don't have to live in prison. I don't have to live there. Okay? That I can be, maintain my freedom by remembering to give it to Him. Giving it to Him. You see? See? So if you stopped and thought about it, that every single time you dwelt on a situation, you started losing sleep and upset stomach and palpitating whole nine yards over something that's happening in, in your life, what you've just done was you've gone back into prison you have locked the closed door and you slammed it and locked it behind you where you went back into Egypt you went back into Egypt okay and in a way that's what not in a way that is what Israel was saying to Moses and they were in the desert complaining remember that is it woe no food no this no that you know I'm tired of this and, you know boy woe we should have just died in Egypt you know they wanted to go back into prison back into bondage okay so when these things are going on in your life remember this truth that is written here that God has set you free from that, okay? Because the Lord loved you, because we keep you there, the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh and from the king of Egypt. You see, that is a truth. That's a truth with a big T. Know therefore, verse 9, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. Another T with a big truth. Truth with a big T. Underline that. He is God. He is God. Another truth. The faithful God. Another truth. Who keeps covenant. And mercy with them, another truth, who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Here's a, tr a, a truth with a big T, several truths with a big T. He is God. So that says to me that when I got that issue that's going on in my life and I can't figure it out, and my freedom is that I'm going to give this to God, and this is not, you know, some God that somebody dreamed up on the back of a napkin in a restaurant or any such thing like that, or some image carved by man's hand. This is God. And the truth with the capital T here is that He is God. He is God. Amen? Who is faithful to keep His covenant. Verse number 10. And repayeth them who hate Him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him who hates Him. He will repay them to His face. You know, I feel, you know, in a way, I don't know if I should feel sorry or say I feel sorry for Him or what, but these people that are out to remove God out of the classroom, out of the country, off the dollar bill, wherever you can think of it, boy, oh boy, they don't know what they're doing. You know, they really do not know. Man, are they heaping coals on their own heads? You know, you know. And and every single time, I mean, the the the, the poor guy who was was fired. And I'm not getting political or anything like that. I'm just talking about things that are happening. The guy who was fired because he was saying prayers, and I think it was to kids on the school bus or something like that. And and they they fired him. And and people, thank God, rose up in arms, rose up in arms against that. You know, you know. Oh, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. You know. And these, these are these are children. You know. You know. So in, in in the sports, they want to they want to get it out of that. They want to get it out of the Opening, opening the Senate now. You have a chaplain that prays every time, you know, opening the Senate. They want to get rid of that. You see, so these people are heaping coals on heads. They don't know what they're doing here. You say, God, God says intent and repays them who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him who hates him. He will repay them to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the ordinances which I command thee this day to do them. Truth with a big T. Verse 12. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these ordinances, and keep them and do them that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which you swore unto thy fathers truth with a capital T he says wherefore so okay, if you hearken to God's word and keep them 
So if we just hearken to what God is telling us to do and do what he's telling us to do, we'll be okay. Verse 13, and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy, thy womb and the fruit of thy land. Please underline that. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy grain and thy wine and thine oil, the increase of thy cattle and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he swore unto, unto the fathers that, uh, to give thee. Now, what does that really mean? Do we have sheep? You know, do we have wine? Do we have oil presses? Do we have cattle and flocks? No, we don't. Okay, the fruit of our womb, that's easy. Who is that? That's our children. That's our family. So what that's basically saying is that if we will follow God's word, that it will come to pass, and you follow his ordinances, it says that he will love thee, he'll bless your children, and he'll bless your finances. He'll bless the things that you own. You know, he, he will bless everything that touches you. We are not a, an agrarian or a farming society, but we, we have finances, you have paychecks, and, you, you know, be it, be it pension or, or working income, whatever it is, you need money to live on. God knows that. So what he's saying is that he will bless all that. To me, what the most important thing is blessing the fruit of my womb. I want my children to be blessed. You know, I want what I do in this life that, that I, I'm, I'm following God so much to the best of my ability and keeping his word to the best of my ability that, that, that my children will be blessed, that they will go through and, and, and not even um, experience the things that I experienced in life. You know, even though God used those things uh, when I wasn't following him, he used those things to turn me to him and gave me a greater insight on where I went wrong when I wasn't following him, even though I know that God's hand was on me. Because the only, the only thing that got me through those years in my early, earlier youth and everything was the fact that God had his hand upon me. I see that now as clearly as day. Amen, amen. You see, so, so blessing the fruit of your womb and the fruit of thy land. Verse 14, thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Your, 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 uh, cattle. Please put a bracket around 13 and 14 if you can and just write the word prosper. Okay, and, and I mean, that, that's prosperity there, okay? Verse number 15, And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but will lay them upon all those who hate you. See, again, people out here who are coming against Christians, they need to really, really be careful. And thou shalt consume all the people whom the Lord thy God shall deliver to thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve thy God, serve their gods. Please underline that, neither shalt thou serve their gods. Okay, now this is where, again, we've got to make, be careful that we're not doing what people that are, are, are unbelievers are doing. We can't go wind up getting involved with what they're doing. Uh, for that that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thine heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Please put a bracket around that, okay? And that's um, confessing defeat, all right? We don't want to start saying those things that come into our lives that are challenging. Oh, gee, I just got this mail. Oh, boy, this process is bigger than me. Oh, boy, how am I going to overcome this? Oh boy, so and so said this about me. This is what I got to do. I got to go to court. Oh boy, how am I going to manage it? All right. So what God is saying that if thou shalt say in your heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them. All right. Please underline. Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh, unto all Egypt. Okay, so whatever that thing is that's coming into your life, you need to come right back when that when that fear comes in, because and again, it's kind of it's kind of almost human and natural that at that first instant that you get that bit of bad news or challenging news that you're like, oh, my gosh. All right. But then if you're a child of God, you should get in the habit of recovering real quick. 
and running right to the Lord real quick and say, oh, Lord, what shall I do? How can I help this? How can you help me here? Because what God is prompting us, the truth is, is, is don't be afraid of them or that situation. And remember that what the Lord did to Pharaoh and unto all Egypt, you see. And, and, and even though, you know, and this is something that you need to get in the habit of doing also, is remember what God did to Pharaoh in Egypt. You know, this is the word of God. This is truth. You know, the same way what, what God did to Pharaoh and drowned all of the, the army that was chasing after Israel, God will take care of those people, those things, those situations in your life that are in essence trying to attack you, trying to overtake you. The same thing applies to you. The same thing. All right. Uh, verse number 19. The great temptations which thine eyes saw and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out. So shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Please underline that. So shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Okay? So anyone that you're fearing, any situation that you're fearing in your life, God will deal with them as sure as the way he dealt with the Pharaoh's army when they were chasing um, Egypt. Or Israel, about to overcome them. And this is a truth. This is a truth. You see, now, what you need to ask yourself is, do you believe what you're reading? You know, now, I, I, I had you read the previous scriptures on purpose, by design. The scripture that says that all, all, all our scriptures inspired by God. So that means the scripture that you're reading here was inspired by Holy Spirit um, to Moses, in this case, uh, to, uh, for Moses to pen in this book of Deuteronomy. So shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send them the hornet among them until they who are left and hide themselves from thee are destroyed. All right? So God will... And not only defend you, but God will go after those who are attacking you. Alright? You see that? You see what the word is saying here? Not only will God defend you, but God will go after those people that are attacking you. You see? And, and, and knowing that, again, goes back to being free and set free from bondage, you know. Because, you know, I, I do recall before I, you know, really, really surrendered and came to the Lord and everything, that when challenges and trials came into my life, you know, even after I so-called worked my way out of it, my fear was going to be, gee whiz, now what if they regroup and come after me again? You know, what if they decide to do, well, how do I know who's plotting and, and you know, someone else doesn't want me in this position, you know, and those people that didn't get the position, are they going to start telling lies about me so that I'll fail in this new position that they wanted to have all along? Okay, whereas today, knowing who the Lord is, the Lord put me here. The Lord wanted me here. The Lord's going to keep me here. And anyone that's got any plans or designs about me, the Lord's going to deal with them. You see, that's being free. That's not being in bondage, all right? And when you can get that truth with a capital T deep down in your spirit, then you stop worrying about things, all right? You stop putting yourself back in jail, you know? We wind up back in prison because most of the times we put ourselves in prison. We put ourselves back in bondage only because we're not remembering the truth. You know, the door is open. The, the, the gate isn't even locked. And we, we sit there in prison, locked in there like there was something keeping us in. And the only thing that's keeping us in is our own wills, our own thoughts, our own thinking. All right. So remember the promises of God, the truth, the truth that God said here. Verse 21. Thou shalt not be, affright, be frightened by them. Please in the line that. Thou shalt not be frightened by them. For the Lord thy God is among you. Please in the line. The Lord thy God is among you. A mighty God and awesome. Do you know how many Christians I see that are, are afraid to speak to people? They're afraid to speak to people. You know? A challenge is there before. Oh, they're going to meet me in the office at 3 o'clock. Oh, they're coming to the house at such and such a time. You know? And they're afraid. You know? What shall I say? What shall I do? 
Well, guess what? You know, it says there, for the Lord thy God is among you. The Lord Lord your God is, is with you, you know? Ask him. Ask him to deal with it. You know, that person that is coming against you or giving you a hard time, God does not want that person to prosper. You are his child. Amen. He sought you out. God has sought you out and pulled him to, pulled you to himself. Verse 22, And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little. Thou mayest not consume them at once, unless the beasts of the field increase upon thee. Okay? Now what God here was saying to them, back then was that he did not want them to destroy all of the nations and so on like that because then the, the animals the natural you know the natural uh, ecology if that's the right word of of, uh, of, um, of prey and things like that would, would be gone so he doesn't want the beasts of the field to attack them so he doesn't want all those people killed off because then those animals will start coming into their camp looking for food and things like that so he's saying you know you do it, do it bit by bit so God is telling them that he will slay them little by little thou mayest not consume at once unless the beasts of the field increase upon thee but the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they, they be destroyed. And he shall deliver their kings into thine hand, and thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven. There shall no man be able to stand before thee until till thou have destroyed them. So in other words, every single problem that you have in your life, every single challenge that's there, um, won't be able to stand before you. you know? And where it, where, where it does equate um, to people who are giving you a hard time, God will remove them out of the way. I'm not saying that God's going to go killing them off and everything. My desire, <laughs> my desire is not for you know, God to come down and cut their heads off. I mean, you know, yeah, God can deal with them in whatever way He He, he so chooses, right? <laughs> right? You know, and stand. Oh Lord, can I watch? You know, you know, can I watch, Lord, when you do that? Can I see? You know, you know, just know that God will deal with them in His own way. And all you just have to be concerned about is that you'll be resting on Easy Street while God deals with the problem. You know, and for you not to fear that, for you not to fear it. All right, uh, I'm reading 24 again, and He shall deliver their kings unto thine hand and thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven and, and there shall no man be able to stand before thee until thou hast destroyed them 25 the carved images of their gods shall you burn with fire thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them nor take it unto thee unless you be snared therein for if it uh, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God, you know so many things. You know sometimes we are indeed tempted. You know, all right, I'm not going to do this, but but um, 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 I want to hold on to this artifact, or I want to to be involved with this still, or I want to keep it to me and whatnot. No. No, you got to, if you cut them loose, you, 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 you got to cut them loose, you know. And, and I tell you, you know, I got to the point in times where those people that were trying to pull me away from God over the many years, you know, my, in my latter, latter 20s and things like that, you know, and as they came back and tried to come back, and I just said, no, 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 if you want to join me, I'm going to church. You want to join me there? We can go to church. Oh well, man, there's a new club on so and so and so. My club's in church. You can join me there. You know, you know. And they want to give me things. Ah, no, no, thank you. You know, no, no, thank you. You can. I appreciate the thought, but that's okay. You can keep it. You know. I don't accept things from people like that. You know, I don't take their goods. You see, you see, because there is such a thing here where, um, and I'm, I don't want to get into this is a whole separate sermon. You know, but but um, spiritual darkness can attach itself to things, to objects. Okay, and this is not just me, you know, being metaphysical. This is the word of God. Why do you think throughout Scripture so many times, even in this one, God is telling them to destroy those things, you know, because you don't want those things in your house. 
You don't want them around you, you know. And I can go on here for a long time telling you about different things that have happened where someone I knew way down in Texas uh, happened to call up and tell someone, you know, I know that so-and-so is ill and da-da-da-da-da, and in the garage there's a so-and-so thing in there. And, and, th- and, and it was accurate. It was true. And that thing was ill-begotten Ill and so forth like that and should not have been there. Um, so a friend of friend of my son's was told that there was an, an object that uh, he brought back from one of the islands in the Caribbean and it, uh, I think it, it was down in the basement and he had placed it someplace else in the house. And, and I can tell you, you know, but I, I, I don't want to, and, and this is not Twilight Zone stuff. This is real. This is very real. And, you know, in 25 again, the carved images of their God shall you burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, uh, unless you be snared therein. For it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house. There it is. Now shalt, neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, unless you be a cursed thing just like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. Okay? And we'll, we'll, just, we'll just stop there. So again, now, these are all truths, you see. And the thing about it, getting back to the subject of today's message being truth, is that this can so easily be dismissed by some, you see. And if you don't know the truth, then that means you can so easily fall victim to someone else's wishes or desires, you know. Someone, a family member, a loved one, a friend, you know, who is not necessarily caring, giving, uh, or trying to do harm to you, but has, in, in this particular case, talking about objects and whatnot, will bring something back. It could be worth a whole lot of money from some place, you know, and you look at this thing and you can tell that this is something that I don't want to keep in my house, you know, by looking at the Word of God. It's some kind of a figurine of some, uh, you, know, you know, demonic, you know, piece of art, you know. I mean, um, some of the art, as an example, you know, out of, out of uh, Iraq and Persia, modern-day Iran, you know, as one that loves art, are interesting pieces of artwork. The sculpturing and things are very nice. But no way would I take any of those things into my house. No way. Okay? Now, knowing the truth, based on what we just read, that's what I stand by. However, to someone else not knowing the truth, they would ridicule me. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's only a piece of gold. It's only a piece of jade or onyx and so on like that. It's only, it's only that. Why would you not want to keep that into your house, you see? Because they don't know the truth, you see? And that's an example of how things will arise in your life, where you have to really, really know the truth to help you to make the decision. The truth that you know might not be known by the other people, by the person or the, or the other people. And they may even look at you kind of like you're crazy and say, oh, boy, that person is kind of weird. All right. I will keep my truth with a capital T and risk being weird. Okay. Then for me to follow you, your truth and wind up being accursed. All right. Okay. Okay. I don't mind being considered weird by you or strange. Or you don't want to go to lunch with me, you know, or you don't want to come into my office, you know, and you don't invite me to join the football pool and all them other things. You know, I'd rather be an outcast in that regard, knowing my truth, than to follow along with you and to be cursed by God, okay? Because there's a truth there, too. There's a truth, all right? The truth is that if I follow you and I'm cursed, then that means that I'm messing with my, my, where I'm going to spend my eternity, okay? So I'd much rather follow my truth 
whether it's popular or not. Okay, so when you're invited or called upon and you see yourself being pulled into participating in or believing certain things, you know, that are not based on the truth with a capital T, you need to run in the opposite direction. Run, you know, you know, and, and, and don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. You, you know, you know, you know I, I don't need to be friends with everyone. Um, I, I don't. Everyone loves to be loved by their family, but, but if it's going to separate me from God, I don't need to be loved by my family. Okay? Because, again, according to the word of God, the truth even tells you, Jesus said, that in the end times, you know, what does it say? Brother may turn against brother, sister against sister, father against sister, all that sort of thing. Okay? All right? Okay? So you have to decide in yourself, deep in your spirit, what truth are you going to follow? Is it God's truth or not? All right? Because I'm telling you, you know, once you realize that <laughs> the time it takes you to realize that God's truth with a capital T was indeed truth could be too late. All right? And then there's no changing your mind. There's no changing your mind and saying, oh, gee, was I was wrong. You know, or gee was that truth was indeed the truth. You know, I should have listened. You know, because by that time, sometimes it's really challenging for God. Then or nothing is challenging for God to reverse, but it's challenging for you to live through until it does get reversed. Okay, and people who don't just don't believe the truth, then it's really going to be too late for them because that would be irreversible. All right, you you reject the truth, the salvation of Jesus Christ. You choose not to accept Him as Lord. You go believing some of those other truths with a small t. And the people that present those other truths with a small t can, can sound very convincing. That's why so many people on the planet follow them. That's why so many people on the planet still, yet, still do not yet know Jesus. Because they think that some other truth is the truth. All right? So all of those people, at the time they realize what the truth was or is, it may be too late. Because once you're in hell, there's no reversing it. There's no reversing it. Okay, all right. We all have it. We all have this time on this planet to make a decision. You know, we know what the truth is. The first meaningful decision is accepting Jesus Christ. The other truths that we live by are those truths that we just read. Those truths that make us victorious. They keep us victorious. They keep uh, keep us from having lasting damages done in our lives. You know, again, Jesus said we have tribulations, we have trials. Those things come into our life. Yes, but when they do come in your life, how you deal with it is what counts. And knowing the truth will always set you free and keep you free. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.